If someone walked up to you and looked at you and said, what is the most valuable asset that you possess? What would you say? Would you say it was your health? Would you say it was your husband, your wife, your children? Maybe you'd say it was your car or your house. You know, there's something that you have to have in every one of those situations that's even more valuable, and that's time. Today, we're going to be talking about the aspect of time, how to prioritize it, how to use it, and the value of it in your own personal life. Welcome to Becoming Wiser with Dr. Robert A. Rome, author and world-renowned public speaker, as he shares stories involving his experiences and lessons learned in a good-spirited, positive, and fun way. Here's Dr. Robert A. Rome. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Rome. Today in our wisdom journey, as we travel down this road of life together, we're going to be talking about what I consider to be one of, if not the most valuable assets that you possess, and it's your time. I know that goes without saying, and sometimes it's real easy to say, well, yeah, 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 I know that time's important. And you need to know how to prioritize your time, and you need to know how to spend it, because as someone has wisely noted, you can't go down to the time store and buy more time. If you lose money, well, you can make some more money. You can earn some more money down the road, maybe recover what you've lost. But if you lose time, you can't go down to the store and buy more time to replace what you've lost. It is a matter of importance and a matter of priority. So as we're talking today, I want to say a couple of things to you that I hope will be uh, sort of uh, idea catchers in your mind that will give you some perspective and help you to see the issue of time as I do. So I'm going to say a number to you, and I want you to think about it. 75. 75. What does that mean to you? Well, hopefully you're shrugging your shoulders and saying, well, I don't know what you're talking about. 75 what? Well, what about 75 years? That's three quarters of a century. That's a pretty good amount of time, isn't it? Or how about 75 months? That's six over six years. You can do a lot in six years. You can graduate from college, get a master's degree. What about 75 weeks? Well, that's about a year and a half. You can do a lot in a year and a half. That's a pretty good amount of time. What about 75 days? Well, that's just two and a half months. That kind of makes it look a little shorter, doesn't it, if you think about 75 days. Wow, that goes by pretty quickly. And what about 75 minutes? That's just an hour and a quarter. I mean, we go through that many, many times every day. Or what about just 75 seconds? Well, that's just one and a quarter minutes. So you see, there's a priority or a perspective that we look at when we think about how time breaks down. Now, if you were to consider the fact that you have 75 summers with your family or 75 summers to travel and to go see places and do things with people you know and love, you see how that puts a relationship into the itemization of time. Time is a great, great commodity because it teaches us how to measure things that make sense. We many times trade our time for money. It's called a job. I jokingly say many of you have heard about the man in the Bible who had more trouble than anyone who ever lived. His name was spelled J-O-B. We call him Job, but they, na they named what everybody does after him for a living every day after him. We call it a job. 
that's just a little bit of a smiler there for your face to be thinking of, wow, that is true. We call the hard work that we do, everything after the man who faced more trouble, trials, tribulations, and challenges than anyone else. You know, your greatest asset is your earning ability. All of us have to have the ability to earn a living or do things every day, whether it's go to school, uh, whether it's clean the house, whether it's do things in our yard. We all have the ability with the asset of our time to make things happen, to be involved in sports, clubs, extracurricular activities. But someone once said to me years and years ago, your greatest resource is your time. Now, that's powerful because if I don't know what my greatest resource is, I may waste it. I may not use it wisely. I want to talk to you just, I'm going to give you a few quotes here that have meant a lot to me that I've jotted down in some places that I read often to remind me that my days are numbered. I will not live forever. I have a limited or a specific amount of time on this earth, and so do you. The earlier we come to that realization, the better off we're going to be. I once heard the poem, when I was a child, I laughed and wept, time crept. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. When older still, I daily grew, time flew. Soon I'll find while traveling on, time gone. It's a commodity that we use. It's part of our daily makeup. Well, here are a few quotes. Let me share these with you and then make a comment about them. These are powerful. These are strong. You may not agree with every one of them, but at least consider them because they have helped me in my journey of trying to become a wise person. Here's the first quote. I have never seen a wealthy man who wasn't time conscious. I have never seen a poor man who was. You know, you think about that for a minute. People who are wealthy or people who have accumulated things in their life have done it in the same amount of time who are other people who are dead broke. What happened? They used their time wisely. Their time became something that they were conscious of, and they used it wisely every day. Now, this you're going to love this one. My father taught me this one. My father used to look at me when I was growing up, and he would chop his neck like this. He would just take his hand like he was chopping his neck. I cannot tell you how many times I saw my father look at me and he just chopped it. One day, I thought he was going to chop my head off. I really didn't know what he was doing. But one day I asked him, I said, Daddy, what what, what, what does that mean? He looked at me. He said, Robert, from, a, from your neck up, that's where real success is found. From your neck down, you can find somebody who'll do whatever you need done, cut the grass, rake the leaves, pick up the limbs. You, you can find somebody, he used to say for a dollar a day, maybe a little bit more now, but for a dollar a day, you can find somebody who needs some money to work for you. But from your neck up, what are you looking at? What are you thinking about in your mind? What are you listening to? What are you talking about? What do you, so you see, that's what makes a person successful because they're using their time in their thinking, in their seeing, in their hearing, in their talking. That helped me my whole life realizing from your neck up, pay attention. That's where time becomes your most valuable commodity. Because we all have 24 hours. You've heard this. The President of the United States and you both have one thing in common. You have 24 hours in a day. And it's what you do with your time. I realize that I'm not obsessive compulsive that I have to be doing something every second of every day, but I am very, very 
time aware that the clock's ticking and what I do with my time will either make or break my life. Here's another quote that I find to be very interesting. Many of you remember Coach Bear Bryant, the head coach at the University of Alabama, who pretty much set the tone as being the premier college football coach. I suppose Vince Lombardi was the premier professional coach with the Green Bay Packers, but Bear Bryant at Alabama back in the 60s, oh my goodness, and they won the national championship. I remember in the 60s, Alabama won the national championship three times. At the end of the 60s, the end of that decade, a reporter said, Coach Bryant, you've won the national championship three times in this decade. What more could you want? He looked at the reporter and said, I want to win it every year. It was so much of like, what are you talking about? Three times? That's not much. He was very, very time conscious. He said, I never lost a football game, but the clock ran out on me a few times. You see, he knew if we could play this game long enough, I will win. We will wear you down. But he also knew sometimes the clock runs out and the game is over, even though the scoreboard has you having less points than your opponent. I love that because it helps me to see if you strike a thorn or a rose, keep it going. If it hails or if it snows, keep it going. Ain't no use to sit and whine when the fish ain't on your line. Bait your hook. Keep on trying. Keep it going. See, use your time wisely. Keep trying. Keep moving ahead. Here's a great quote. Take care of the minutes for the hours will take care of themselves. Does that make sense? Does it help you to see that you might not know what you can do all day long, but what are you doing for the next hour? Do you have homework that you need to do? Does the grass need to be cut? Do you need to call a friend and encourage them? Do you need to plan something? Don't just waste your time by, hope, ready? Don't hurt any feelings by playing on your phone or by looking at TikTok or by, <laughs> here, here's surfing the internet. You can spend hours and hours and hours doing that, and your most precious commodity is your time, and it's ticking on and it's moving by. I love this one. This one came from General Douglas MacArthur. Many of you remember him as one of the great World War II war heroes and leaders of the American troops. All of life's problems can be summed up in two words. Too late. Too late. Now, that's powerful. You know, I find that most of the problems people run into are because they planned too late. They started too late. They got involved too late. Now, as long as you're breathing, you have the opportunity to keep moving forward. Many times it's we started too late because we didn't start early enough. That helps me. That helps me to not put things off. I don't want to end up running out of time because I started too late. Napoleon Hill, the great father of motivational speaking and positive mental attitude training, said this, most misfortunes are the result of misused time. I read that one day and it touched me. Most misfortunes, are you broke? Do you not have relationships with good people? Have you not taken care of your health? Did you use your time wisely? Most misfortunes are the result of misused time. I'm so glad I learned these quotes because they shape the way I think about use each day 
to the best of your ability. Again, I am not an obsessive compulsive person that you have to be using every day of your life. However, I do go to bed early. And the reason I go to bed early is because I get up early. I used to think nine o'clock. Wow. Nine o'clock. There's nothing better than going to bed at nine o'clock. And then I discovered eight o'clock. Now, I realize that we live in a world that's operating 24-7 and there's always something to do. But I like to get up early. If you get up early and have a cup of coffee and have your quiet time, I usually spend the first hour of my day. A little bit of a routine, but I try to make it real. I'll read in a devotional booklet. I write in my journal every day a page just a page. The reason I write in my journal is I've discovered if in, in my journal is something like a prayer. Uh, Dear God, thank you for a new day. Help me to be wise. I pray the things that happened today would be good. And if something goes wrong, help me not to go with it. Help me to learn to be wise. Have you ever asked God, the creator of your brain, to help you to be wise and to think clearly? It won't hurt. I just spend the first part of my day doing that reading thinking, and then I'll get my list and kind of go through my list to see the priority of what's really, really important, not just what's urgent, but what's important. That's another whole aspect of time. You can spend your whole day doing things that are urgent, 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 and miss doing things that are important, important, important. When's the last time you looked someone in your family and said, thank you for being an important person in my life? It's the last time you looked at your husband, wife, mom, or dad, brother, sister, children, son, or daughter, and just say, I love you. You mean a lot to me. I'm so proud of my grandson. He's in the United States Marines. He's been in there just a little bit over a year. Yesterday, he got promoted from private first class to corporal. Now I realize that's just sort of <laughs> the beginning process, two stripes, a corporal. But I let him know, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for the service you're rendering to our com- country. I am so grateful I get to be your grandfather. Little things like that encourage people. How about this one from Theodore Roosevelt, the 26th president of the United States? Nine-tenths of wisdom consist of being wise in time. Now, folks, you're on a podcast about time management because it's a wisdom part of life. These are how to become a wise sage, a wise person, a wise uh, guru, someone who is a wise leader. How does that happen? Using your time wisely. I mean, I've never been the president of the United States, probably won't ever get to that office, but nine-tenths of wisdom comes from being wise in time. I can't even imagine such a thing. Yet Theodore Roosevelt, who was a great American hero and a great president, said use your time wisely because nine-tenths of your success will come as a direct result of how you use your time. And then the one I mentioned earlier, if you lose money, don't worry. You can always get more money. If you lose time, be concerned. You can't get more time. I love that because that is true. How about Thomas Paine wrote the book Common Sense in 1776? He said, time makes more converts than reason. Now, I had to think about that one a little bit because I didn't catch it. Time makes more converts than reason. That simply means you can sit down all day long and reason about something and think it out to try to figure it out, but time will be the greatest teacher. 
you ever meet because time will teach you if you made a mistake, you're going to have to do that over again. If you messed up, you have the opportunity to clean it up. I was a young school principal, and I made the comment to our school board one night, well, you can't cry over spilled milk. I'll never forget James Fleming, one of our school board members, looked at me. He said, that's true. You can't cry over spilled milk. You can't cry over spilled milk, but you can clean it up before it spoils. What was he telling me? He was telling me that situation still needs some work to be done. Don't waste time. Clean it up before it spoils. He told me, call the people where we had a problem with their son. Call them the next day. Just let them know we could have done that better. I wanted to apologize again. Thank you for talking to us about it. Just let people know that you care and you're engaged. Well, I saved the best one for last. And that was the one I got from my mentor and my good friend, Zig Ziglar. Zig used to say this, you're going to be dead a lot longer than you're going to be alive. So you ought to consider what's going to happen to you after you die. Now, we grin when we laugh at that because I have never met anyone who has said, I don't think that's true. The truth of the matter is all of us are going to be dead a lot longer than we're going to be alive. If you don't believe it, go down to the local graveyard and walk around and then go back in another week and another month and another year. They'll all still be right there in their graves. The truth of the matter is this. <clears throat> This life is wonderful, but how long do we have with it? 70, 80, 90, 100 years? Then we leave this life and we step out into eternity. Now, I'm speaking for myself. I don't know where you are on this journey. I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. Did you hear what I just said? I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. And I've done research and I've studied. I've looked at every religion in the world because if there is life after death, and if there is a heaven, I want to go there. Do you? You probably would think, well, yeah. Are you aware there's only one person in the history of the world who has ever offered to get you to heaven? Have you ever thought about that? Only one person who's ever lived made you this offer. Only one religious person, if I can use that word. One great spiritual leader. His name was Jesus of Nazareth. And here's what he said. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the father except through me. That was his offer. He said, I can forgive your sins. He did it many, many times when he was here on this earth. He would look at someone and said, I forgive you of your sins. Now, I don't know about you, but if all of my sins could be forgiven and I could have eternal life, if I could have a home in heaven forever. He said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. I am amazed when I started studying that, that no other religious leader, not the Virgin Mary, not Martin Luther King, not Gandhi, not Muhammad, not Buddha, Confucius, you cannot find in any writing, in any book, anywhere that they said, I can forgive your sins and I will give you eternal life. And then after he was put to death, we remember at Easter, he arose from the dead. And therefore, I've decided to put my faith and trust in the one 
who died for me and arose again. So all my sins can be forgiven and I can have eternal life. Because as Zig used to say, you're going to be dead a lot longer than you're going to be alive. It's a good idea to consider what's going to happen to you then. Well, I've considered that and I've done that and I trust that you have too. Well, our time together is up for today, but I just want you to spend a little bit of time thinking about your time. Maybe ask yourself, how many days have you been alive? There's so many methodologies out there. I heard one gentleman who told me he put a marble in a jar for 52 marbles for every year he thought he had left. He had about 10 years. He said, I think I've got about 10 years left. So he put 520 marbles in a big jar, big jar. He said, and I started taking out one a week. He said it wasn't long before that jar started to be about a quarter full. He said, I realized my life is passing. Those marbles, those the time that represent time are vanishing is true for all of us. I don't think it's something that we need to be morbid about. I don't think it's something that we need to worry about because what can we do about it? We can't do a thing you can't worry and worry and worry and end up having an extra day, week, month, year in your life. It just really does it more harm than good. I would say this, in my years of wisdom, I'll soon be 74 years old, I've just discovered, get up every morning and have the attitude, <clears throat> this is a new day. God has made it. I want to use my time wisely to the best of my ability. I don't want to drive myself crazy worrying if I miss a second or a minute or even an hour here and there, but just be a good person. Do the next right thing. Be a blessing to others and always let good things come out of your mouth where you're encouraging people. I wear a little bracelet and it says, this is my motto for life. It says, just do the next right thing. I have heard this. If you do the next right thing all day, at the end of the day, you will have had a right day. Do that seven times, you'll have a right week. Do the next right thing 4.3 times those seven days and you'll have a right month. And do that 12 times, you'll have a right year. And then do that repeatedly and you'll have a right life. Thanks for our time. I look forward to being with you on our next podcast sometime soon. God bless you. For more information about this podcast, please visit www.becomingwiserpodcast.com.